This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. We're talking travel. I'm Jane Klein. Sally Lucas with us again today. Hello, Sally. Hi, Jane. How are you? Looking forward to your next holiday. I certainly am. On as, countdown. As we always do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what's what's on the board well, today? Today I just thought, even though you know, we know currencies are a bit precarious and can dip and dive all over the place, we're sort of still pretty lucky at the moment. I mean, even last night, I think, when I was checking with euros are still up and the, you know, the US dollar is still up and, you know, we're really, it's a good time for us to travel and I just thought you know you can still have a lovely holiday without it costing you a bomb if you just do a little bit of research okay some simple tips just some little tips you know so um look look of course at the economy and how it's going and if you've got that little bit of money set aside well obviously to go now would be you know, a wise time to go if you've got the you know, the actual leave aside to do that. But also you can look at, you know, opt for off-season or off-peak stays. You know, that's when you're saving your airfares, saving in your hotel costs. Don't go in the peak season, as we said before. If possible, don't go solo. Try and travel with friends or in a group so that keeps your costs down as well. Um, be early and lock in prices so you're not going to be thwarted by fluctuations in currency and you know, seal your airfare in. Um, and as... It, you know, we're just talking off air. You know, look look for rooms that have maybe have kitchens or have a complimentary breakfast, or they might have a happy hour or something like that. Where um, you get something extra. For that's right. Something you're spending for your bucks. You know, well, why not? That's what we all want, isn't it? More, sure more is. dollars for our for our dollars. <laughs> um, and shop for your currency before leaving, because sometimes you can seal that in, especially with a cash passport card, and seal in a rate that's a pretty good rate. Um, all sorts of things, and buy visitors cards. You know, there's wonderful visitors visitors' cards or transit passes before you go, like the Oyster card in London. Nearly all the cities now have a, a card or a hop-on, hop-off bus system that gives you that orientation to the city. It's a very inexpensive way of travelling around the city and you can just get on and off as many times as you like in a 24-hour period and pick out the places that you really want to go back to. Um, just think of all that. And, and I'd say splurge on a good airfare. Get yourself a good airfare that lets you do what you want to do. As I've always said, you don't want to be working for the airfare. Let the airfare work for you and give you the best available itineraries, you know, stops, whatever, and economise on your food and lodging. You're not in your room very much. You don't need five-star hotels. It's different if you're on a honeymoon and you're just going to one destination and you want that four- or five-star lovely experience. But if you're on an ongoing travelling-type situation, you can save yourself a heck of a lot of money by just staying even in, you know, two-and-a-half to three-star properties that are quite clean and comfortable. Even some hostels now, you know, they've changed a lot over the years. They offer you, you know, even still some ensuite facilities etc so just consider all these things and and you know avoid sometimes downtown dining look at the periphery of a town or a suburb or somewhere and you're, you're dining with locals you're not dining with tourists and that of course will keep your dollars down as well and also just remember in lots of countries you've got free attractions so always take advantage of those free attractions um just to give you an idea, in the US, they call these the top 10 US free attractions. Uh, the Bellagio Fountains in Las Vegas, Arlington National Cemetery, you know, of course, in Virginia, Waimea Canyon, which is in Waimea, Hawaii, your Golden Gate Bridge, uh, Zion National Park in Utah, um, the USS Arizona Memorial in Honolulu, um, the Holocaust Memorial, Memorial Museum at Washington, you know, and parks, beautiful parks and gardens that are free that you can have wonderful time to relax in. So all these things are worth it. And as I said, plan ahead for things like your, your rail passes, etc., etc. Anything like that you can buy before you go. Usually, you'll find it is a saving. Even hiring cars, because what you're doing here, you're dealing with a 
It's almost like a broker, a lot of the operators in Australia. They represent a whole range of hire car companies, not just dealing with a hire car company. They will seek out the best rate and the most all-inclusive rate so that you're not all these added extras when you get away. So you've got a second driver included. You've got all your road taxes included, your unlimited kilometres, your basic insurance. And, of course, the most important thing is to take out insurance, as we've always said, make sure you've got adequate travel insurance for where you're going so there's lots of different ways that you can you know make your trip work a little more inexpensively for you by just doing a lot of research use the internet use your travel agent just just glean information friends people that have traveled that were areas that you haven't and take it all on board and sit down and think of ways that you can do it less expensively Mm, budgeting and making it work yes that way you can afford your holiday and not think oh i can't afford to do that it's going to cost me too much if you sit down and budget properly it probably isn't Talking travel on to a new RFM 103.7. Sally Lucas, we're off to a great destination now, which is, of course, what every great travel program needs. Of course, the Kimberley. And I think, you know, people have been flocking to that region since it has been discovered with the bungle bungles in the Panulu National Park. And, of course, the wonderful Geeky and uh, Winjana Gorges. But... One thing I didn't know that I have discovered and reading and researching that there's a 350 million year old Devonian reef system that created these gorges and they um, hold, they've got, apparently they've got immense beauty and cultural significance to the local um, indigenous people. And there's caves there called the Mimbi Caves. And it's located, and I'm, I'm happy I'm not doing them injustice in how I'm pronouncing this, but the Guiandi country. And it's one of La- Australia's largest cave systems. And the traditional owners, the Guiandi people, have opened up some of these significant limestone caves to visitors so that you can enjoy the beauty of them. So you can get a local guide that will take you down um, towards it's a really hidden cave entry down a small sheltered waterhole so you wouldn't even know it was there. Um, and then you go into the um, caves with torches and you can see one of the oldest known sites of human occupation in Australia. And hear the Guyandis people's dreamtime stories and see the rare fossils and ancient rock art amongst apparently a sanctuary of beautiful crystal clear pools. And the passageways work their way deep into the limestone reef apparently as well. So this is quite unbelievable and this is something new. And um, as you leave, they, they cook you a freshly cooked amber and some billy tea. But if you're in the Kimberley region, I would think that would be something marvellous to Sounds include like, below yeah. the ground as well as what you're seeing above the ground. And limestone formation sounds fantastic. Doesn't it? And yeah, uh, as I said, it's something new history. to me, and I just think, wow, that's fantastic. So just to let people know, it's not one other little thing you include when you go to the Kimberley, mm. discovering things all the time, aren't Nimby we? Nimby Caves. Nimby Caves. Moving along to another wonder of the world, a great one, that is the Grand Canyon. Mm. And um, it's about... Oh, 277 miles and it goes to depths of 6,000 feet. So it's quite huge, as you can say that. And that's obviously why nearly everyone that goes there does a flight over the canyon, either by fixed wing or helicopter. Helicopter, same as anywhere, you can get a little bit more closer up personal if you do a helicopter. But make sure you do it very early in the morning, particularly in the warmer months, otherwise you can get quite a bumpy ride. And and some people that are a bit prone to air sickness wouldn't be very pleasant. So the earlier you do it, the better before the heat starts rising up out of the canyon. But I mean, it's being, of course, carved by years of erosion from that 
wonderful Colorado River. And, you know, it's just immense horizons when you get there. And depending on what part of the canyon you're looking at it from, what rim, as they say, and there's certainly different rims you can go to, to, to visit and have these outlooks, which is wonderful. And the canyon's made up of several different ecosystems, um, from riverbed to scrub bush and, of course, arid desert landscape um, and, of course, the legendary geologic formations. Um, but, again, it's, it's quite old. And it's a veritable feast of both geological and archaeological wonders. And it's recorded nearly 5,000 archaeological resources in the National Park. And it's home to finds as old as 12,000 years within that park. So you can, as I said, you can tour the canyon in a couple of ways, from the ground and from the air. Um, some people still do the little donkey ride down to the bottom of the canyon, which, which you can do as well. But I certainly believe that you need to do the flight to give you an idea of the immensity of the canyon. Otherwise, if you just do a ground tour and you're looking at one portion of it, you really can't get an idea of that vastness and that vista. So it's it's really amazing and it's heart of it of course lies in the American state of Arizona but of course we go to it mainly out of Las Vegas of course that's the easiest point to get to the south rim and that part of the park is open year round so that's always worthwhile considering as well. And of course you've got that new skywalk now and I don't know how game we'd all be doing that that juts out 70 feet from Eagle Point rim and it's solid glass so you're looking down through glass and you've got, and you've got glass around you so quite amazing but also like Uluru I mean to catch either a sunrise or a sunset at the canyon the colours are quite amazing and I've even been there in winter when it's had that sprinkling of snow and you look out and then it's all snow covered it's it's just amazing to see it at different seasons and if you happen to go to America more than once and it's at different times of the year I'd certainly recommend going back to the canyon and taking it in another time because there is so much to see and do. And, of course, the Indian population there has been there for a long time um, and they've still got you know, reserves there for the, for the Indian people as well and a lot of it still belongs to the Indian people. Now, presumably you're doing a fair bit of walking when you're doing your tra- travelling yes. and uh, you've yeah, come I've up come with across, Yes, I've come on about travel magazines. Um, Dr Scholl is famous for all their you know, medical bits and pieces to help us get, improve, get better, or whatever, and for feet, they've got a, a shawl author heel, and apparently it helps restore natural foot function with every step. And more than 70%, they say, of the Aussie population tends to roll their feet over as they walk. And of course, over time, your arches gradually flatten. So it means that you're not walking properly, and your whole body then gets out of whack, and your hips can get, you know, sore and knees, etc. So these are available. Um, you can go online on www.walkpainfree.com, and they will give you on there you'll see a whole lot of stockists as to where you can avail yourself of these shoes. And, of course, just remember to always purchase shoes you know, well in advance of your travel so you've got them walked in. Um, but that sounds like a wonderful thing to do, and it looks quite a smart shoe when I've looked at it. Um, so, yeah, something that's maybe not as bulky as a, a heavy sneaker, uh, but something that will give you support with all the walking that you do. And what about your bags? Well... Bags. Everyone's worried about that these days with people tampering with your bags. So to be safe and secure, you've got now Luggage Lock, which is a disposable tamper evidence security seal specially designed for travel bags. So it, it gives you peace of mind and they're very easy to use. You simply thread the lock through a zipper head and pull it tight and then it's got a serial number which you can take off and tuck into your pocket for reference as well. And so on arrival, you can expect the seal and make sure that no one has tampered with your luggage. And, and you can then report it by using that number to authorities. They're available again. You can go onto a website www.luggagelock.com.au or through Australia Post. And they're only about $8 for a pack of 10. 
And, of course, they're one use only. One use only, mm. yes. They're disposables, as we said. So, But they're just some little things that might be helpful when you're travelling. Oh, it's always fun talking about travel. And Thank we you, will be talking travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. On to NURFM 103.7.